Welcome to season two of Living Fullness, a podcast where two friends explore what it means to live out the Christian life. My name is Dina Constantine. And my name is Father Sean Burns. And every week we look more closely at deepening friendships, intentional relationships, growth in virtue, and nurturing our spiritual lives. We hope by sharing our learning, reflections, and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. Hello and welcome back to Living Fullness. How are you going, Padre? Well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing well. What have you been up to? Well, just recently, I took Mum and Dad to visit you and Mrs. Lee. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mum and Dad have stayed in, uh, been in Narendra for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so um, I had to come into Wagga to do a bit of recording and and uh, had to um, uh, also come into Wagga to catch up with a colleague at the, at the seminary. So I thought, well, why don't I... Bring mum and dad with me. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's nice to be able to see them again. Yeah. Yeah. They're good people. How yeah. About you? Uh, what have I been doing? Um, a lot of work. I did get a chance to go dancing a couple of weekends ago, which was really nice. Mm. Um, there was like a ball down here. So a few of us from uh, the ballroom studio that I used to dance at went out together and were mm. able to mm. do some of the sequence dances that were on, which was really fun. Fantastic. Yeah, haven't That's danced great. like that in a long time. That's so, great. Yeah, That's great. lots of fun. Lots of fun. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, what are we doing today? Well, we're on to the final episode of our book study. We're kind of there. We're kind of there. Kind of there. We're kind of there. Yeah. there. Okay. Kind of there. So we're now <clears throat> covering the last few chapters, chapters 12 to 14 of The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's kick off with a, a conversation, an encounter that takes place in chapter 12. We have this conversation between a husband and a wife. And uh, the wife is now a bright spirit in heaven and the husband a grey ghost. And the husband is, p- is pictured, and I find this so interesting, the husband is pictured as a dwarfish figure and he's he's got this, this big black figure walking next to him and that's going to figure a bit largely as the conversation continues Mm. so yeah this is kind of um i find this particular dialogue really really striking for two reasons one it's so sad Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. sad but it's also so beautiful at the same time sure um the pain that's being expressed in this conversation is really striking Um, especially when he says, um, you didn't even miss me. Uh. Like there's, you can very clearly see a wound when the, the wife explains that she's actually been quite content while Mm. she's been here. Mm. Um, and he wants to know that when she died and she was separated from him, that she felt some sort of loss. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to know that. Yeah. He really wants to know that she felt something and she was saddened by that, yeah. that they were separated. Um, that's so important to him. Mm. And it almost becomes so much more important to him than wanting to know that she actually didn't suffer and that she wasn't in pain. Yeah, yeah. That Like his focus point is so on his need yep. than what she needed. Yeah. Um, which 
when we truly love someone, we don't want them to ache. We don't want them to be in pain. Um, And yet we see here for this dwarfish figured husband, his need is so much in so much pain that that's exactly what he wants. Yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting then that we, as Christians, we tend to say that love is to want the very best for the other. And I think in in the context of a secular culture that we've presently inherited, uh, it's that definition is a little bit lost. Uh, it becomes about what I want and need and whether you can fulfill yeah. what I want and need that determines whether or not I love you. And, yes. and, and, and that's a recipe for toxicity. Um, a loving relationship will naturally fulfill human needs. Uh, but if I look to what I need and how someone is going to fulfill that need... Uh, then I'm I'm actually looking at the relationship from the wrong perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking um, for what I can take. Uh, right, right. I'm looking for what I can get out of it. Yeah. Rather than looking for um, a, rather than looking to give. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Rather than looking to, rather than looking to give and to receive. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be to be open to these two dimensions of love. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what you yeah. what you said before is so important to that because I think when we hear those words of, oh well, you know, if I should be looking to just give, and then somewhere along the lines there should be some receiving because the the words that we might hear then is well, if I just give and give and give and give, mm. then what? But you said yeah. before a loving relationship will naturally yeah. also then um, turn into a receiving right. as well. There won't right. be a giving to the point of damage to self no exactly exactly um you know, and this is this is why human formation yeah is so important all around is is so that we can actually learn uh how to have those mature relationships yeah um so yeah yeah um the uh i, I thought that the the husband being a dwarfish figure was such a cool addition to this exchange mm. um you know at, at first it seemed as though the dwarf was being led by the tall man. Yes. Right? That's yes. what it first seemed like. Mm. But only then do you realise in the end that actually the, 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 the big, tall, black figure isn't holding the chains. <laughs> the dwarf is holding the chains, mm. right? And, and, and the, um, the big, tall man, this, this, this doll, this big, enormous black doll, is speaking words of misery to the dwarf, but the dwarf at any point can drop the chains. Yes. Can let the chains go. They're his chains, but he holds the key. He just yep. holds them in his hand, yep. you know? Uh, he could let this thing go at any moment, but he's he's so attached to this, this puppet. And I love that it's a puppet. Mm. I love that it is something fabricated, something false, something not real, you know? Um, this is the nature of hell, uh, and uh, so it's uh, not that I just said that hell isn't real, uh, but, but not what you meant. Not what I meant. Uh, it, it's that 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 hell is is a hell is a place of 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 pretense. It's a place of emptiness. A place of of uh, of of hollowness. You know, mm. um, a place of of counterfeit, mm. as it were. Mm. Um, uh, so um, uh, you know, the dwarf can let go of this at any moment, 
And, and the way that the, the bright spirit is so dismissive of this big, tall puppet, like doesn't even address, yes. doesn't even bring the puppet into the conversation, no. just refers, speaks to the dwarf. You know, and, and, and the, I think the only time that she dismisses, that, that, that she, she speaks um, of this puppet is, is not directly to him, no. but just to, just to give a, a, a dismissive statement to the dwarf about, doesn't he know better than to say things like that here? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, doesn't he know these, these things don't count here? You know, yeah. these are useless words that he's uttering. Um, so uh, I thought it was really, really cool the way they did that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I guess in the interaction we see that this um, tall figure that keeps hanging about and keeps saying bits and pieces to the dwarf really demonstrates just how twisted the dwarf's love has been or the husband's love has been. Um, and it just makes me remember this line, you know, that says that absence makes, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. It's meant to be used as a line that's helped to, it's meant to console people who are separated as a, you know, this is a time that can be used really well and, sure. and this will only bring us closer together when we're together again. It's not meant to be used as a tool to hold something over the other person um, because that in itself is then meant to cause them some kind of suffering or some yes. kind of a pain and that we somehow delight in that suffering and in that pain, that in itself is really twisted. Yes, that yes. is not what love is meant to be like. Mm. You know, when we when we look at our Lord on the cross, we can look at and and I certainly do. I, I look at a crucifix and I and I love my Lord for what He went through, but I take no delight no. in the pain that He suffered. No, right, right. Because that's not that's not that's not love. No, that's not what no. He wants for for us, or it's not how He wants us to love either. Um, so even the words, you know, did you miss me, um, is something that we hear from couples like a lot um, when they come back together, you know, did you miss yeah. me in that time? Yeah. Um, and what they're really asking in that is, what do I mean to you? Mm. Like that's, that's one of the questions that they're asking. Does my presence make some kind of a difference mm. in your life? What, mm. what kind of impact do I have? And, um, and does my lack of presence does my absence impact you in some way mm. that's that's essentially what that question sure. is coming down sure. to right um, and it's okay to ask that kind of a question because it's actually helpful yeah. to know if we've made some kind of an impact in that For person's sure. life especially if you're like discerning a relationship absolutely i'm absolutely. going with them then of course we need to know that but to ask the question um did you miss me with the expectation or the hope that they're going to come back with some sort of a painful statement that is twisted, that yes. is wrong, that yes. is not, that yeah. is not love. And we can see through this dialogue that that's the kind of affection yeah. that this husband has had. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because the wife reveals that it was something that she had as well, mm. but she was purified of it. She repented yes. of it. You know, mm. She changed as, as her life went on mm. uh, with the hope that there might be something more uh, and and she you know made repentance of that. Well, you know it's so beautiful how she reveals the nature of their love on earth, which was she as she defines it, 
mostly the need or craving to be loved. Mm. Their relationship was marked by that craving rather than love itself. Uh, a craving to possess each other as objects which never satisfies. Uh, and, and she actually contrasts this with the love that she presently experiences in God's presence. Mm. You know, she is in love with true love, with the yeah. source of all love. Yeah. You know, she's, she actually possesses God in a certain sense, in an appropriate sense, mm. uh, because everything that, that uh, you know, she, she, she beholds God, not just as like this passive sort of a beholder, like, you know, sort of just looking and being like, oh, there's God over there, isn't that cool? Like <laughs> she, she actively participates in his divine life. Uh, she, you know, um, so it's, it's, it's really, really awesome. Yeah. Uh, that that she's able to actually contrast that, um, and and what a striking contrast it is. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah, and precisely because of that too, she's completely satisfied. Yeah, and she tells him that, like that she has been satisfied the entire time that she's been here, yeah. and that doesn't make him happy. Mm. Like that, that again just shows how disordered his desire has been and it becomes really clear at this point that mm. hey this mm. that's what's going on here um and even then she sort of continues in that dialogue to plead with him to let go of being enslaved like let it go and he's trapped still in that desperate need for her to need him um and the mere thought of her having been content all this time and not needing him and yet still choosing to love him seems completely insulting to mm. him. Like he's completely mm. insulted by that and he can't see that that is what true love is. <laughs> like true love should be free. Yep. <laughs> true love should want the good of the other. And so she pleads, like pleads with him, let go, <laughs> you know, not, but not for her sake. The pleading that she does isn't for her sake because she is content, but she pleads with him for his, his own sake. He's good. Yeah. And he just can't see past his own illusion of love, yeah. which is just plain misery. Look, the the thing I love about this book in in its entirety is that, you know, and this is a this this encounter is a great example of this. It demonstrates sin and virtue in the context of relationships. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and I think sometimes we can think about sin in a very distilled sense. We can think about sin as well, sin is impurity, it's lust, it's greed, it's laziness. We think of these in a distilled manner as affecting only ourselves. And it's like, no, 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 no. Sin affects our relationships. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's a sin might be as private as private can be, yet it has massive public consequences uh, because we are relational creatures. Mm. Yeah. I just think that's, that's, it's, it's so awesome. Sin impacts relationship and vice versa. So does virtue. Yeah. One destroys, the other builds up. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And so looking at, you know, the way the dwarf holds on to this misery then, mm. you can see the impact of what that's doing to him. Like it's literally making him smaller. Yeah. As, yeah. A, as the dialogue progresses, he becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and the wife's been trying to show the dwarf what he's been doing this entire time and how he's meant to be ordering things and what he's been doing is using pity in the wrong way mm. so it, there's this line where it says you know using pity other people's pity in the wrong way pity was meant to be a spur that drives joy to help misery but it can be used the wrong way around it can be used for a kind of blackmailing 
those who choose misery can hold joy up to ransom by pity. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, it's meant yeah. to get us out yeah. of that space. It's not meant to be used to hold, hold it over somebody right. else in any way. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. It, it gives pity a bad name. Yeah. It gives pity a bad name, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then, look, we come to chapter 14. Mm. Um, spoiler alert. I'm about to tell you how the book ends. Yeah. So if you haven't read the book, if you're like, I'm going to be a rebel and listen to number three first, well, you this, this is your chance. This is this, your warning. This is your warning. If you don't want to know how the book ends, yeah. you got to go. Yeah. Uh, so if you're ready uh, for it. If you're ready for it, three, two, <laughs> one. Twas all a dream. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I put the book down like, how dare you? This is how you do not end a book. <laughs> um, and, and, but I, I like the way that he does it. Mm. It's, it's a good twas a dream thing. Like uh, you, you kind of get a sense throughout the book that, that there's something different about the narrator. He's not having the same conversations that the other ghosts are having. Yeah. He's, and yet his guide is always challenging him a little bit, always allowing him to sort of think about how these, these encounters may even relate to his own life. Like, you know, you're like, there's something different about this guy. Uh, well, the difference is actually addressed in this last chapter because um, when it's revealed to him, this is all a dream. And he's like, so, so dear teacher, this is all a dream then. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not really here. And his teacher goes, no, you still have to face death. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still yeah. have somewhere to go. So it's like, this isn't just, it's not just like a, a, um, a sitcom, it's a dream sequence, mm-hmm. but rather uh, this is a dream that you were given, a vision that you were given almost with the purpose. It almost makes one wonder if this was C.S. Lewis's, Lewis's vision, vision yeah. if this was his dream. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. Don't know, don't know. Um, but uh, you know, and 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 he the, the the teacher challenges him. He says, "Look, let men know that it's a dream. Mm. Don't don't claim to have knowledge of mm. things that you don't have knowledge mm. about. You know what you're meant to convey is that good and evil are not marriage material. Mm. You know, uh, and uh, so um, uh, and of course, when seen in the context of our relationships." Uh, evil is always evil and, and cannot become good without a repudiation of that which is evil. Mm. And that's really at the end of the day what C.S. Lewis was trying to get across. Yeah. Through relationships. Yep. <laughs> By yep. focusing on human relationships. Yep, exactly. Just like, that is awesome, Clive. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So, yeah. 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 So there you go. That's the end of another book study for us. Mm. Yes. Yes, indeed. Mm. Um, uh, if you. Uh, someone who, who would like to pick up more of C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis has written uh, both fiction and non-fiction novels. Um, uh, so you can pick up the, the, the Chronicles of Narnia series. Um, you can pick up um, uh, from another fiction work called The, Pil- the Pilgrim's Regress, um, which is another... It's a bit trippy, but it's really cool. Uh, and <laughs> you thought this one was trippy. Uh, and... Um, um, and the uh, he also writes uh, nonfiction works like the Four Loves, uh, Mere Christianity, um, 
the problem of pain, miracles, a grief observed where he actually observes his own grief because he's lost his wife, and it's mm. it's it's uh, that's a bit of a, it's a bit of a tearjerker actually. Yeah, sure. uh, but uh, but yeah, no, look, really, really beautiful stuff. Mm. So um, so I, I I encourage you to read more of of, of C.S. Lewis, Clive Staples Lewis, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. And jump over to the show notes as well for reflective questions of this episode. Indeed. Mm. Mm. So before we go for the end of this book study, Padre, a truth, beauty and goodness. Well, my mum and dad recently celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, it was pretty beautiful. They came to Narandra and I was able to, to give them um, a bit of... Uh, um, I was able to... What was I able to do? I was able to renew their vows. <laughs> I was able to renew their vows, yeah. which was really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and to do that in my parish with, with my, 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 my par- parishioners around to be able to, to, to renew their vows uh, at the, uh, the Saturday night mass was, was really, really beautiful. Yeah. 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 It's um, no small feat. I mean, how many marriages stay together now? So to be able to get to 50. It's a, it's a marvellous thing. Yeah. It's a marvellous thing. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. How about yourself? Mm, a truth be goodness for me is the Abiding Together podcast. Um, it's run by three women, two lay and one religious, mm-hmm. um, and they put out a, an episode almost a week, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got some beautiful content on there. They do a few book studies as well. Um, so if you're looking for some wholesome material, I highly recommend Abiding Together. Awesome. awesome. All right. Mm. That's the end of this episode. We will catch you again next week. But as always, all of our love and prayers. Oh, nice. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Living Fullness. We hope that in this episode, there was something useful or helpful or something that blessed your life. If that is the case, would you please consider sharing this podcast with someone? Perhaps it will bless their lives too. Please also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. That will also help others to find the podcast too. And join us over on our social media, Living Fullness on Instagram and Virtue Ministry on Facebook. Facebook.